I'm Gail Gibson, accredited master performance coach, international speaker, podcast host, and author. Known as the Can Do Coach, I thrive on enabling leaders to step up, shake it off, and shine. Welcome to my podcast, The Can Do Way. My guests from across the globe have can-do stories of growth, resilience, and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can-do approach. Each one of their stories is unique. Each one of their stories has a key message. In this episode, I'm talking to Donna Campbell, Number one, Amazon best-selling author, professional motivational speaker, and international heart-centered healer. Known as the Mind Whisperer, Dorna combines her past knowledge, wisdom, and experience to assist her clients to create and restore a life of happiness, prosperity, and love. Dorna has over 25 years combined experience As a former financial advisor, her book, Financially Fit, is a number one Amazon international bestseller, bringing together the world of money and the energy body and the soul's essence. She is a professional speaker, sharing her techniques during interactive workshops and maintains an international private practice. Dorna has shared the stage with Lisa Nichols, Dr. Joe Vitale, and Sharon Lecter, and has been featured on Yahoo Finance, Fox News, NBC, Roku TV, and the LA Tribune. Her personal heart-centered healing philosophy is to create a world that is a better place for all to live. So welcome to the show today, Dorna. Yes, and thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. Can we just take a short walk through your life first, if you can give us a glimpse of your background and how you arrived at helping people who want to live a heart-centered life of purpose? Yes, absolutely. When I was growing up, I lived in Silicon Valley, but I was living near the poverty line. And during that time in my childhood, those experiences shaped my life that I became so incredibly passionate about helping other people have opportunities for themselves, for their children that I didn't have, that I chose to become a financial advisor. And during my career is that I was responsible for $500 million of other people's money. And that amount of stress and pressure broke down my health. I wasn't able to digest food for two years. My marriage ended, that was full of anger and infidelity. And then I moved to a spiritual living community called an ashram because I wanted to uncover what these things had in common. It was me. I wanted to get my life back on track. And when I left a year later, I became financially devastated being a single parent with two children because nobody was hiring in the financial services world. And through those experiences, I dedicated my life to the path of healing, not only for myself, but for others as well. That's a heartfelt story. You know, the word heart, I think, is going to come up a lot today in our discussion. But I think just just you talked about that start that was, some people might say that's a really negative experience to get started in life, but you've done something about that. So can I just ask you that first question? Mm-hmm. Your childhood to becoming the financial advisor, you had this drive in you to want to seek and help others. So tell me about 
those first challenges that you faced in your life? What did you have to find in yourself to get through them? And let's let's focus entirely on that, the shift from being that high-flying financial advisor to moving toward the ashram for that healing you needed. What was the challenge that you had to go through and how did you find your way through it? My biggest challenge was actually my mother. And that is what stopped me and prevented me from following all of my heart's desires. I remember one time she asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I was so compassionate about helping the world. I told her I was going to join Greenpeace and save the whales. And, um, well, that was not the right answer. (laughs) So um, I, you know, obviously became a financial advisor instead because that was what else I was passionate about. But what that taught me was how to step into my own power. See, I allowed my mom and that energy that she had through her anger limit me because she thought I could be a doctor or a lawyer or a scientist. And what I found in that was not that I couldn't be who I wanted to be. She wanted me to have things that she didn't have growing up. And for me to become this person, it was just that the how-to method I thought that I needed to do was different than what um, I actually did do. So I'm still passionate today about helping people create opportunities. I just do it in a vastly different way today than I did in my first career. That's a really interesting um, story because I've, I've spoken to several guests who have shared similar similar experiences where the beliefs and conditioned behaviours of their parents have perhaps led them down one way of thinking, but they have had to not fight it, but they have had to find their own way mm-hmm. through to realise their own purpose and then achieve their dreams as well. So in that process of finding your purpose and, and finding your own way, what did you what did you actually have to do to really dig deep? You said that you had been going through a lot of stress, you were angry, there was anger involved, there was infidelity and your marriage was failing. At what point did you then realize and say, I need to pick myself up and this is what I'm going to do? It was during the time period of realizing that I couldn't digest food and the indiscretions of my marriage. And what happened for me was not being able to digest food showed me that there was something outside in my life that I wasn't able to digest. And growing up, I thought anger was a very natural state of being. And my marriage at the time was less angry than how I grew up in my household. So I thought I was doing really good. But honestly, I couldn't digest the anger. Mm. And I was, I had just had my second child, I was uh, trying to release the excess weight off of my body. So I was going to the gym, I had a trainer, I kept food logs and counted calories. And a year and a half later, I didn't release any weight. And when the indiscretions and everything surfaced in my marriage, and I knew I needed to make a big change. And that was what I learned anger was about something in your life needs to change because what was happening isn't in alignment anymore. And I realized I couldn't stay in my marriage. It went against who I was, my morals and my values. 
And when he left the house, I quit going to the gym and I quit counting my calories. And in three months, 40 pounds fell off of my body. And that was when I knew that there was a connection between how I was feeling, how I was thinking, how I was believing, and how I was living. And that was when I made the decision to move to an ashram because there was something there that was connecting it all together and that I was truly responsible for my choices and my life. It's amazing, isn't it? The body is such a powerful part of us to tell us that things are wrong. And as you've shared in that experience, you realize that something had to change and the dramatic weight loss as a result for yourself, Mm -hmm. those 40 pounds that just fell away because there was no pressure for you to have to, it's almost like your, your body was saying, you don't have to be pressured into going to the gym to, to do this and to make this happen. But the reality was letting go of that one really deep tie in your life that allowed it all to just happen. Mm-hmm. It's incredible, incredible when these things happen. So tell me about the move next into the ashram. So did you see that as taking a risk in your life or was it a natural next step, do you feel? Um, It was definitely a risk because I moved to a different state with my two children to a community of people that I did not know. I had only met one or two of the people before. I enrolled my children into their school. I signed up for their teacher training program. And my job at the time, I was still in the financial services world They allowed me to work remotely for a period of time, and then they were going to transfer me to a different position. And then that didn't happen. And so I didn't work during that year at the ashram. I just spent my time studying and dedicating to become me, my beingness, instead of just running around and and doing things. But that was a huge risk because I moved to a place that I didn't have a lot of knowledge about I just knew I needed to do this for my soul that's incredible but you were doing it for your children as well when you um, think about it absolutely you, you we were moved, being that role model weren't you mm-hmm. we moved out of the old environment the anchor was no longer there we learned a lot of amazing techniques through the school they were in um, we started off the day with yoga and meditation We learned how to interact. I learned how to empower myself, empower my children, and really make them know that they were creating their life for them as well, and that they had the ability to make really good decisions based on the information that they had. And it gave us a really good, strong foundation that we didn't have before as a family. Now, today, my children are grown. And they are some of the most amazing kids, most responsible. Um, My son is in the military. My daughter, who's only 17, is finishing high school, but already got her certified nurse's assistant degree through the college and is working full time doing that. And, And she's not even 18 yet. So they have a love of life and a love of humanity. And they have that good, strong, solid base that I don't think we would have had otherwise as a family. That's a wonderful um, end part to that stage of their lives because you've you've really inspired in them and encouraged them to have that can-do mindset as well, which is what this whole 
podcast is all about. So how do we find that? How do we unearth it? And then how do we live it? And you have you have set the stage for your children to be seeing that, to be experiencing that and to bring it into their own lives as well. Mm-hmm. If we just go back to that first stage of the ashram experience for you and your children mm-hmm. and when you were stepping into that place, mm-hmm. what, was started, what were some of the first things that you started to notice about yourself that were on this path of change? Wow. I think one of the first things I noticed was that I was in a place of quietness and I was so used to having 24-7 people interaction that when you were by yourself, you kind of go through withdrawal Mm because you're used to answering the phone and you're used to talking to the next person and the next person and someone's coming in your office door and then the kids come running up and It was 24-7 for other people. And when I was there, yes, I was around other people, but I was by myself a lot. And I had to get good at being me, being by myself, and come up with, okay, today, what am I going to do? You can only clean your house so many times in a row. (laughs) You know, so where do I go? Who do I want to be around? And how do I get good at being me and being comfortable with who you are in your own essence? And that was one of the very first things that I ended up learning how to do. And after a year, I got so good at just being me that I had to go back and integrate back into society going, okay, now I have to be around other people (laughs) and then maintain that balance. Mm -hmm. And so that's an amazing first realization that noise to silence, but that's that strong reflective time. So how do you bring that solitude into your life going forward and is it a sustainable habit that you have developed and mastered and and see the true value of day to day it is um today i live in montana out in nature which i absolutely love so i can have the stillness and the peacefulness and the quietness that i need and then When I need to be around people or I'm working with clients or when I'm on stage, I still have those interactions. So there's more of that balance. But one of the things that I do for myself throughout the entire day is these little check-ins to see how I am feeling. I didn't do that before, um, before I was at the ashram. And then afterwards, I would check and see how do I feel? Do I feel a little bit of stress check coming in? Do I feel a little bit of worry Or am I just sitting in happiness and joy? Because that self-assessment always told you where you were at and how to move forward. And I don't want to be in a stressful state. And so I use meditation techniques and different things throughout the day that if I do feel that, I can refocus, recenter myself, gain clarity. And then that pressure and all of that, it's just naturally gone. And you just get to move forward doing your activities. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you say that you live in beautiful Montana and I've seen pictures and films and I've seen the beauty of the mountains and the forests and lakes and streams. How do you embrace that and connect with your outdoors? Are you somebody who loves to hike, to get out and and be in Mother Nature? Yes, absolutely. In the summertime, in the spring, we get to go kayaking and hiking, and there's fishing, there's 
with all the lakes, there's so many different types of boats. And in the wintertime, you, you know, cross country ski or downhill ski, there's snowshoeing. We even have dog sledding, which I didn't know about until last okay. year. And that was so much fun. But any moment that I can be outside when it's nice, I love being out there um, and just being in nature because I feel so connected and at oneness, it helps me maintain that peace and balance for me. Is it something you do daily? Oh, absolutely. Now, if it's too cold or if it's a big snowstorm, you, you, you don't go outside unless you're getting the wood. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but yes, I do go outside most days, even if it's only for five or 10 minutes, I do because it, it allows that grounding, it, the connection to the earth, the connection to your environment and the animals and to everything that you want to do um, in life. And so it, it helps me maintain focus. So that's one thing that I do for myself. That's beautiful. You know, just hearing your story and, and the fact that you are a heart-centered healer and you have healed your own heart, you have healed the hearts and minds of your children and you're obviously in your professional practice, you are doing this daily, but you are, you're sharing with the listeners the fact that you have gone through a very difficult experience. You have found a way to ignite the best of yourself from that experience and you now live that and you live that, you, that purpose. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been the biggest learning from having to face the adversity you faced and now, as a result, having built the resilience you have? In that every challenge and every adversity that you go through, in every situation, no matter what, there is always a silver lining gift that you received. We just sometimes don't acknowledge or know how to receive the good gift that came because we viewpoint it from a place of less than or not enough or unworthy, or maybe we just don't appreciate it in the moment. But in everything that you go through, there is always a gift every single time. And that's part of the work that I do with clients is helping them uncover what the gifts of their personal situations were for them to move forward. Because when you receive it as a gift, you receive the happiness, you receive abundance, you receive prosperity, and you receive love. So always focus on the gift. That's a beautiful process. And it's an, we put that picture in our minds that you are gifting yourself, but you're also receiving a gift as a result of you going through that change. So have you got a, a story that you would be able to share with us of one of your one of your um, crowning glory stories of somebody you have moved from a place of perhaps difficulty like like yourself through to discovering their purpose and now truly living their heart centered life of purpose. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I work with people internationally, and I've been doing that for over eleven years. And there's three commonalities that I have found regardless of what country or culture you are in. And that is happiness, or excuse me, it's about health, which will bring happiness, wealth, which is about prosperity and abundance, and relationships, which people are always asking for love. So those are the three things or the three categories, but it's always about living a prosperous life of happiness and love. And 
regardless of where you start in that spectrum, when you shift and change the perspective or the viewpoints in one of those areas, the other areas also magically change as well through the different universal laws that we operate by. And I can remember a client of mine several years ago, and it was the second time that she had breast cancer, but she didn't want to go back through the traditional method that she had done the first time and wanted to do it differently because it didn't, the first, you know, they didn't, she went through surgery and everything and she didn't, uh, not all of it was gone. So we did the work and we changed the vibrational frequencies within her. And then the cancer left her body. And now we are at five years, doctor verified, cancer free, it hasn't returned. And in that she started living the life that she didn't know that she could live. She got to go do um, some drug dog training certification with a trainer she wanted to work with. She bought land to build a new house that she always wanted to build. She put together her mini farm. All of these things she never thought that she could do, but always wanted to do because she allowed her physical health to stop her. But when she overcame that, she now is living her life on purpose. Just like myself, that I allowed my mom to stop me. And when I overcame that, I could step into my own power. And now I'm living my life on purpose. And so that's what I do with my clients and take them through the process is overcoming that challenge or that adversity, finding the gift, and then they step into their power or they become empowered and then they are living on purpose every single time. That's beautiful. And thank you for sharing how you work with your clients. And I'm sure listeners will be able to tap into and acknowledge maybe something that's not working for them in their lives as well and just take away even a tip of something that you have said today or maybe it is to just focus on that word gift and think about how they're going to activate and enable that to happen in their lives as well. So we come to the time in the call Donna, to ask for your three can-do tips that you would like to share with listeners. These can be things that you live and breathe by, um, but just to give them three points of inspiration, please. Absolutely. The first one I would say is happiness is on the inside. It's on the inside of you. So if you're looking outside of you, trying to feel something inside to feel happiness, you're not going to be able to do it from the outside because you can't literally put it inside of you. But if you know that that happiness is on the inside and then you can share in the happiness with others, you can change other people as well, even in their vibration. And that might just be, you know, smiling at the grocery store clerk because, and they can feel your happiness and they become happy on the inside and they share it and it creates that cycle. But happiness for everything is always on the inside. The second tip that I would say would be do small things with great love, just like, you know, sending a a, a smile to someone and then they're happier and then they have a smile. It's something that's really small. It might feel very insignificant, but if you do it and you have that love behind it, it's going to magnify exponentially. And that's how we can start changing the world one place at a time, one person at a time to really create the environments that we want to live in. And then the last tip that I would say is there's three key ingredients to everything in life that I have found, and that is having faith, trust, and belief. 
And with those three things, you can open up prosperity doors, being prosperous in all areas of your life. And those three keywords came to me at the time when I was going through all of my difficulties. And I heard this phrase over and over in my head. So I wrote it down and it is trust and you will see, believe and you will know, have faith all is well, follow your heart and spirit will lead you. Those would be my tips. They're wonderful, absolutely delightful. And they sum up so much of what we've talked about in our conversation today, Dorna, you know, as you said, the happiness being on the inside, doing even the smallest gestures with love in your heart and those three such powerful words are all part of the process of what you do to help others as well. They have to have faith. They have to trust in themselves and those supporting them. And then it's that inner belief that they can do this. Um, what a delightful three three tips to leave the listeners with. And I have thoroughly enjoyed just listening to your voice. You know, you you come across as such a calm, focused person too. You've had a, a tormented past that has probably had a lot of difficulty and perhaps anger and stress in it, but you have really transformed your life. I can hear it in yourself and with the heart being the centre of all of that you do, it really shines through in how you come across and I'm sure in how you deliver the work you do and touch the lives of those you touch. So thank you so much for being my guest today, Donna. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been amazing to be here and sharing. Wonderful. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening to my podcast, The Can Do Way. Do you live and breathe the can-do attitude? Since 2019, my podcast has gifted listeners across the globe access to an incredible selection of guests with stories to refresh your perspective, bring you joy and inspire can-do positivity. Always curious and with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be a guest on my weekly show. If you have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience or an intriguing story to share, then drop me an email at gailmgibson.com. Until next week's show, do share the inspiration of the Can Do Way podcast with your friends, colleagues and clients and wherever you are listening from in the world. Remember to make every day an amazing Can Do Day.